Okay, so here's, here's what I want us to see from Deuteronomy chapter 34, last chapter in the book of Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy closes out the first five books of Moses, but we read here in verse 5, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. We jump to verse 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. I'm going to turn the page where we start the book of Joshua. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River from the land I am about to give to them to the Israelites. So what we're seeing here is a picture of a transition from the old into the new. Isn't that just what New Year's is all about? <laughs> Leaving the old, moving into the new. Unless you drag with you 2022 into 2023. Do you really want to do that? You know, one thing I've learned about trees, and when, uh, when my wife and I built our house back in 95, it was in a bean field. There wasn't a tree around. Now I got trees every place. Every one of those trees I put in, it's like my baby. <laughs> I pruned those things. I put plastic protection around them so that they w- the deer wouldn't come and clean the bark off. I babied those things. But one thing I've learned, no matter what happens to that tree in the past year, the new year is a whole new game. It's a whole new thing. Every spring, those trees take off like they're brand new, take off like they're full of life. It's like the wintertime puts them in a dormancy where there can be a healing, and then they can start off fresh the next year. In my mind, I kind of associate that with New Year's. There's a bunch of junk that happened in my life in 2022, and I don't want it to carry on into 2023. I want 2023 to be a whole new game. I want to walk with God hand in hand through this new year, and I don't want the baggage of the old year carrying over into the new. I say that because I'm probably talking to some people that had some junk happen in your life in 2022. And you don't really want to carry that over into the new, but you never thought about disassociating the old from the new. I want you to think about that. You can't do anything about what happened. It's water under the dam, or over the dam, I should say. You can't do anything about that. What you can do is reposition yourself to be successful, have a better year in 2023. So that's, what I, that's where we're coming from. <clears throat> How you leave the old 
determines how you enter the new. If you came to New Hope from a church where you had pain and you had some anger and bitter issues because of what they believed and taught or practiced, how they treated you, and so you left that church and you came here, most probably you came in these doors with a little bit of baggage from the old church. That's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for us. Close the door. If you're going to get divorced, divorce. Emotionally disconnect. Write a letter to the pastor. Write a letter to the board. Write a letter to the elders and tell them why you're leaving. Be honest. Communicate clearly. Tell them why you're leaving. And then leave. Don't take any more phone calls from people down there trying to win you over. And certainly don't take, get on the phone and try to poison them. Just disconnect. Just divorce. And then you start over again. So how you leave one chapter determines how you leave, how you enter the next chapter. And of course, my position today is 2023. How do we move into 2023 and disconnect from 2022? How do we do that? How do we make a fresh start? How do we make a fresh beginning? So I got four practical steps for us that I think will fit everybody. So here's the first thing I want us to learn. Release those who have offended you. Release them. I know what pain is. I know what it feels like when somebody stabs you in the back. I know what it feels like when somebody tries to undermine you for their own benefit. I know what that's like. And you can't move ahead without releasing them. You have to release that offense. It's a new chapter. Quit dragging the old into the new. Just let it go. I know that's hard to do. Easier said than done. Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 25, and when you stand praying, in other words, put your, you put your spiritual side on, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. How many would like the Father in heaven to forgive your sins? Raise your hand if you would like to see that happen. Do you understand now how that happens? You have to practice. You have to put a little bit of the Spirit of God in your life. You have to practice what Jesus did. You have to release, forgive. When you release them, it frees you. It really has nothing to do with them because it's between them and God and you and God. Release them. Don't think for one minute they're going to get away with anything. Sometimes when you give up your bitterness and you release them, you release God to clean their clock. You can't change them, but God can change them. But you've got to let go. If you hold anything against anyone, I wonder what anything means. I think it means any kind of an offense that hurt you deep. Anything against anyone. Some people aren't mature. Do you get that? Some people in this church aren't too mature. They might have been a Christian for 50 years, but they never grew. They don't have much maturity. 
people that don't have maturity are all about themselves, into themselves, and they can put a lot of hurt in us because they're not mature. But that doesn't make them not my brother or my sister. And I have a mandate to love my brother and my sister. Therefore, I have to see some people as immature and I have to let it go and I have to understand God can mature them, I can't. Me punishing them, me holding that against them doesn't help them or me. I need to step into the spiritual realm, do like Jesus would, and go to the cross for them, just like Jesus went to the cross for me. If you hold anything against anyone, wonder what anyone means. Means anybody. But we're not interested in the anybody. We're interested in the person that hurt us. They fit in the anyone category. You got to let it go if you want to move ahead. It's like an anchor. That bitterness, that resentment, that unforgiveness is like an anchor, and you're trying, you're, you're trying to make progress. You're, you're trying to move ahead, and you're dragging that along with you, and all it wants to do is hold you back. Right. You want to get free? Right. Got to give it to God. Yes. To forgive them seems like it's not fair. It does. Yeah. But that's okay, because God knows what's fair. And he'll set the standard, and he'll take care of them. You have to let go, because unforgiveness will hold you in bondage. Don't go into another year with the baggage of the past. Get free. Some of us have been carrying this year after year after year after year, all the way back to we were a young person. Somebody hurt us deeply. We're still carrying the baggage because we can't let go. They don't deserve to be forgiven. So we keep carrying along, dragging them. Can't make progress because we're dragging that resentment. Let go. Give it to God. Here's the second thing I want us to see. If you want to move into the new year, set a plan to simplify your life. Have you noticed that life in the United States of America in the 21st century is chaotic? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Our ancestors had no idea the kind of pressure that we put in on ourselves. Right. We need to think about this. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. Yes. We live on God's grace, not world, the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom just gets more and more complicated. The world's way is extremely complicated. Busier and busier, more debt, more pressure. That's the world we live in. Now, I'm none of your business years old, but I remember a much quieter time growing up in the 1950s when my parents didn't have to worry about the weird neighbor a block away. We live in a different world today. 
So let me give you some practical suggestions on how to simplify your life in the new year. Number one, take a course in financial management. They're out there and it really doesn't cost you that much to take it. Financial management can set you free if you just learn how to budget your finances. You only make so much money. You can't spend more than you make. That's right. Boy, if we could just get that message through to Washington. You cannot spend more than you make. But if we try to live like those wise politicians in Washington, we'll have ourselves buried in debt. And there's nothing more pressure than knowing you got debt so much you can't get out of. I know, I've been there. Had to make radical changes with the way we handled finances in the early days. Because nobody ever taught me how to budget my finances. I had to figure that out the hard way. Here's another thing. Well, well when, as long as we're talking about taking a course in financial management, every one of us ought to take a course in something we want to learn. When I went to school, they told me what courses I was going to take. They taught me stuff I had no interest in. That's why I didn't do too good. I had no interest in it. I was attention deficit disorder, and people with attention deficit disorder can only focus on what they want to focus on. You tell them what to focus on, their mind's off in la-la land. I guarantee it. I've been there. I know what that's like. But when you gave me, give me a course I'm interested in, I devour it. I can't get my mind on anything else. I have good focus. It's just what do I want to focus on? Take a course in something that interests you. Learn how to work with pottery. Learn how to work with painting. I don't mean painting the barn. I mean, you know, artistic painting. Try it. Practice it. Some people find out they're good at it when they never did it. Find out what you're good at. And the only way you're going to find out what you're good at if you don't feel like you're good at anything is to practice, experiment, explore. Stretch yourself. Here's, here's a second thing to simplify your life. Reevaluate your free time. Come on. <laughs> Pastor, free time? I don't have any free time. Yes, you do. Yes, you, you fill up your free time with what you want to fill it with. Yes. We all have free time. Holidays, Vacations, quit working through your vacation and then complain about how stressed you are. Take that vacation. Take the holidays. Take the evening. Do something with your family. Do something you want to do. Simplify your life. Reevaluate that free time. Here's number three. Set aside some devotional time. Well, I don't have time for devotions. Yes, you do. You got time for the news. You got time for the newspaper. You got time. Just reevaluate what you want to do with your life. Think it through. And set aside some devotional time where you spend just you and God and you allow God to speak to you. The reason you're here this morning is you are hoping that I'm going to say something from the Word that will feed your spirit. While I'm nothing special, all I'm doing is reading the Word while you're at work. And then I put a message around it, and I present it to you, and you feel like, oh, God just spoke to me. That was an amazing verse. You can do that at home. 
Here's the fourth step you can take. Set and plan a vacation now. Don't wait till summertime to start thinking about where you want to go on vacation because all those rental places are already taken by people who sat down in January and planned their vacation. So think about it now. What would you like to do? How much money is that going to cost? How much time is that going to take? Can I get that time off? Do I, can I accumulate that much money between now and then? Can I make that happen? Think it through in January when you don't have a whole lot of things going on. January and February, kind of quiet times. Have you noticed that? Everybody's exhausted from the holidays. We don't plan much in January and February because you could have a blizzard to cancel all your plans. Now's the time to sit down and plan your vacation. Number five, hire someone to do that chore. I don't know about you, but I'm a procrastinator because I know what a bear that chore is going to be. I know how much time it's going to take. I know if I start tearing that thing apart, I know how much pain it's going to be trying to get it back together. I know that from experience. Maybe the better thing for me to do is just really work hard at what I'm good at and take the money from that and pay somebody else who's really good at doing that. Saves so much stress in my life. Number six, read a book. Oh, we're Americans. We don't want to slow down and read a book. We want to go to the movie and see it in, in two hours. Story's over. <laughs> the purpose of a book is to slow you down. Use your imagination with the book. You don't have to use imagination when they put it up there on the screen for you. It makes your mind work when you read a book. There's different kinds of books, you know. Don't read, don't read something that puts you to sleep. Those are boring books. I have shell, bookshelves of books. I don't want to read. Give me an adventure. I got to have an adventure. Put out to my family a Christmas wish list. This book, that book, another book. Books about history. Something that really happened with real people. And I don't know anything about it. I want to learn lessons, real lessons about real life. So I want an adventure. One with a happy ending, of course. My wife would rather read a romance, a story that brings people to together, their emotions together. She'd, she'd prefer to watch uh, a show on Hallmark or Inspiration Network or read a book like that. Find out what kind of books you like. Get a book. Get it from the library. It doesn't cost you a penny unless you take too long to read it. <laughs> Borrow that book. Sit down and have the adventure in the comfort of your home. And here's number seven. Get organized. Take a little bit of money and buy a file cabinet and clear out all that clutter that's here and there and the other place and put it in some kind of a system. <clears throat> or get yourself some, what do they call those, those uh, plastic tubs, cubbies? I don't know what they call them. Get some of those and organize yourself. Instead of having pieces everywhere... Put it in some kind of system so you can go to it and retrieve it and you know where things are. Just get organized. And I know some of you are cringing when I use the word organize. You probably have a friend that just loves to organize. 
It's the way our minds work. Find somebody well organized that loves to do it and have them come and help you get organized. But don't expect them to keep coming back over and over and over again, reorganizing your stuff. <laughs> All right, here's. I got four of these, so I got to move on. Here's the third thing count your gains, not your losses. Every year we gain some things and we lose some things. If you spend all your time groaning about the things you lost last year, you spend all your time counting your losses, life isn't worth it. Look at your gains. Everybody's going to have losses. Look at what you gained. That's how you're advancing. I forget who it was trying to retrieve the name, but I can't think of it. Some famous author wrote a book called Three Steps Forward, Two Steps Back. Swindoll. That's how you make advancement. That's how you move ahead in real life. It's not constantly moving forward. That's in a dream world. That's idealistic. Reality is we got to take two steps back every now and then before we take a couple steps forward. There are gains and losses in our life. John chapter 3 verse 27 says, To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. If you've got anything good came into your life, it can only come from heaven. So you need to be counting your blessings and thanking God for everything good in your life. When the stock market collapses and you just lost a whole lot of money that you've been setting back for retirement... You got to remember, it's going to come back up. So quit counting your losses. It's the two steps back. Now just keep moving forward. God's going to take care of you. And every stock market loss develops character in somebody. Whatever you gained, praise God for it. And whatever you lose, give it to God. I've discovered that if I lose something, somebody takes advantage of me and I lose something, that costs me. I don't like that. So I give that as a gift to God and I quit worrying about my loss. I give it to God. I just gave it to God. Now it's his loss to worry about. And he'll take somebody to the woodshed. I can't, but he will. Just trust him. Just trust him. If in 2022 you got laid off your job, some people that happened to. If you got laid off your job, that's a good cause to do some positive things. You can get caught up while you don't have to go to work. That's a time to clean out the garage, clean out the attic, clean out the basement, get organized. Another thing you can do is reevaluate. Is this the kind of job I really want? Is this the kind of security that I want in my life? Keep getting laid off all the time? Time to reevaluate where you're going. And the third thing you can do is volunteer your time. I can't, I've, I've tried to figure this out in my head. Why would somebody who is not able to work and make income sit around and watch TV? If it were me, I would go find a job someplace. I would find something I could do. I, 
I would, I would find a way to generate income. That's the way I'm wired. That's the way I am. I've never been out of work. I've always had something to do. So if you ever get laid off, just think, what should I do with my time? I can't waste it. What should I do with it? This is, my life is a gift of God. What can I do with my life? Amen. Let's go on to number four. Shake free of your pessimism. You know what pessimism is? That's the opposite of optimism. An optimistic person always sees the glass half full. The pessimist always sees the glass half empty. The pessimist expects bad things to happen. The optimist expects good things to happen. You're a man or a woman of faith. Practice that. Be the optimist. Amen. Paul said it like this in Romans 8:28. We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purposes, not your purposes. His purposes. So we don't go around telling people all things are going to work together like King James says. Because all things don't work together for good. The things are bad. You start telling people that scripture and trying to give them hope on that scripture. All things are going to work together. Yeah, that's the way God does it. I just lost my child and that's the way God does it. They're going to turn away from God. The thing is, we live in a fallen world and there's negative all around us. There's hurtful death all around us because of a fallen planet. The wages of sin is death. That's the world we live in. But we have a God that will take those negative things and turn them into something good. That's what our faith tells us. That's what we hang on to. That's our hope. And that's why we can be eternally optimistic. Expect something good is going to come out of this. Maybe 2022 was full of bad stuff, but you're going into a new year. Take that scripture, Romans 8, 28. It's my favorite scripture in the Bible. Let God work things out in your life. Watch what he does, because God is a good God. It's his nature to do good. Satan's nature to do the opposite. So when bad things happen, you know the source. You know where that came from. Keep trusting God to bring something good into your life. So leave your negative pessimism in 2022. Some of us have plenty of reason to be pessimistic because 2022 was not a good year for you. It was full of a lot of hurt, a lot of disappointment. But if you're not careful, nobody wants to be around you. Because every word coming out of your mouth is negative, negative, negative. Let that be a trait of 2022. Make sure as you go into the new year, it's going to be positive, positive, positive. You're going to expect God to do positive things. And the more you expect it, the more you're going to see it. You're not going to see it if you don't expect it. 2023 is a new year. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. Press in. Good things are happening. You maybe don't see it. 
the good things are happening. Because the way these things come together is under God's control table. He's sitting there with this control mixer, and I'm, I'm using worldly terms, but God's in charge of everything. He knows what you're going through. He knows what they're going through. He knows what everybody around you is going through, and he's organizing things. God's the great organizer. He knows how to organize things. He puts the plans together so it works out for the positive according to his purposes. Now, if you're living your life for yourself, you're probably going to be full of disappointment all the time. Because God's goal, I'm sorry to say this, I don't want to pop anybody's bubble, but God's goal is not to make you happy. That's the American dream, the pursuit of happiness. But God's not the least bit interested in my happiness. He's interested in getting things done for the kingdom. And if I will be involved in helping push things through for the kingdom, God just works it out so that I'm happy. But I have to change my motivation in my mind for that to happen. Got to wait for it. So don't let your 2022 baggage be something that holds you back going into 2023. I've just given you four things, practical steps to think about in moving into the new year. Number one, release those who have offended you. Number two, set a plan to simplify your life. Number three, count your gains, not your losses. Focus on moving forward, not backward. And shake free from your pessimism. Be positive. Next time, the next time somebody comes to you with a, with a negative, what you want to do is reach out and take your hand and say, let's pray about that. That'll shut them right up. Maybe they'll quit being so negative if you just, let's pray about that. Let's pray about that. Let's pray about that. Because what people really want when they're giving us negative is they want us to jump on their bandwagon and come back with more negative. That's what they want. It makes them feel better. We need to help pull them out of that. Let's pray about that. If we spend more time praying, we'd get more answers. We'd see more things happen. Would you stand with me? It may seem like I'm just being a coach and I'm just trying to be positive with everybody, but I'm trying to build your faith. I'm trying to raise the level of your faith or your expectation and where you're walking in your life because this works. This really works. But it has to do with your attitude. It has to do with the way you see things. Sometimes you have to put on God's rosy glasses because you can't see any color in yours. God sees it real good. You have to see things like he does. And he's, he's looking for a breakthrough. God's looking for something good to happen in our lives. He's looking for somebody with faith that will give him the glory when they see it happen. And there's so many people that just think, boy, that was a lucky day, lucky break for me. That was the hand of God. Yes. And when we'll recognize that and we'll speak that out and give him credit, we're going to see him do more things like that. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Yes. I want you to take your hands out like this, like you've you got a book in front of you. I want you to look at your hands and see that book full of the bad things in 2022. 
Maybe you need to think about some specific things that happened to you that was not good in 2022. These are the, this is the book of your past, 2022. Now I want you to take that and just give it to God. Just lift your hands up, give it to God. It's his. He's taking it. Heavenly Father, take these things in 2022 that weren't so good, that were hurtful things, and we can't forget them, but we pray that you'll help us release them so that it's not a part of our 2023. Help us to learn valuable lessons from 2022, but help us not to take the baggage, the bad things, into 2023. Father, we want to move into this new year free from the past. Thank you for helping us do it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.